choose to. Therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere, What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now, in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, Behold, I and the children God has given me. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. End of reading. Continuing in Hebrews, this chapter, remember, no chapters and verses in the original Bible, just full books or letters. So this starts with therefore, uh, which kind of forces you to remember, well, what were we talking about before? Well, he actually repeats it in the other verses too. He says, therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. So what is the it we're supposed to pay closer attention to? And in the very next verse, it says, the message declared by angels proved to be reliable. So the message that was declared to us by angels, by prophets, that God spoke through long ago to our fathers, that's at the beginning of, of the book. So that message that he spoke long ago proved to be reliable. And we must pay closer attention to that message because his argument is 
we have even more confirmation of it. We have definitive proof that that message is true because it happened. It came to pass what was prophesied, what was declared to us. Because it says there in verse 3, it was declared at first by the Lord, Jesus, and it was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. It's a pretty good summary of the book of Acts right there. But it's saying, the Lord himself declared this to us. And then he attested it through his apostles. And then he confirmed it even more with these signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit. So look at all of this confirmation we have to this message. We must pay attention to it. We cannot ignore who Jesus is. Look at all of the things that he used to make it so obvious who he is, to make it so obvious what the message is that we ought to receive. And so that message proved to be reliable. And his question is, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? He's saying, we cannot miss it. You, you can't miss it. You can't neglect this. You don't, have, you don't have anywhere else to go. You have heard it. You have seen it. This is it. You have to come all the way and put your faith in Jesus and persevere in this faith. So that's what I would say is the first section. And he moves on talking about how everything was put in subjection to Jesus. And it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come. He subjected the world to Jesus, who is greater than angels, which is what we heard in the previous chapter. And in verse 8, it says, Now in putting everything in subjection to Jesus, he left nothing outside his control. So everything is in subjection to Jesus. And the author also talks about how it might not seem that way right now. At present, we don't yet see everything in subjection to him. It might not seem like everything is under Jesus's rule and reign. But we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. So he's saying, you might, you know, by the world's standards, you don't see, you don't see everything in subjection to Jesus. But we who are Christian, who are spiritual, we see him for the ultimate value that he really is, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death. The world doesn't say that living sacrificially, living to serve, to bring glory to God. The world says that that's, that's, a, that's a waste of time. That's a foolish way to live. But we see Jesus for who he really is. He's crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of his death. Because what did he do with his death? He defeated death itself. He defeated our sin. He defeated the devil. And he redeemed us to himself. That's the greatest victory of all time. So everything is, is, is in subjection to Jesus. And we have to see him for who he really is. He's not a loser who died. He is a king who laid down his life to save his kingdom and was raised from the dead and continues to rule over that kingdom. And so it's like, well, why would, why would God make himself lower than, his, than angels, than his own you know, divine creatures? Why would he subject himself to that? And it says in verse 10, it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things in, exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of, that, of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he sanctifies, he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he's not ashamed to call them brothers. So Jesus can call us his family without any shame, without any issue, because he perfectly represented us and laid down his life for us. He didn't come as an angel. 
He came as exactly what we are. And so look at Jesus speaking in first person. This is, I mean, this is goosebumps type of stuff. Look at what Jesus says in first person. I will tell of your name to my brothers. He's talking about us, Christian. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. Think of Jesus singing God's praise. Maybe that's not really an image we think about it a lot, but that's Jesus speaking in first person. I will lead the worship of God. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. Jesus trusted his, his life to his father. He trusted in his death that he would be raised from the dead and raised himself from the dead. Excuse me, I don't know if you heard anything in my throat, but let's continue. And look at this that Jesus says in first person. Behold, I and the children God has given me. I hope you can perceive the, the, the holy pride and satisfaction. I don't mean pride in the sinful way. I mean pride is in I'm satisfied and happy with the work that I did, with what, with what is accomplished, what I accomplished. Just perceive how happy Jesus is. I will tell of your name to my brothers. I will sing your praise. I and the children God has given me. He's totally satisfied. He's so happy with the work that was accomplished through his life. So in the meantime, since therefore Jesus partook of the same things, the flesh and blood, the, the humanity that we have, he's forever human into eternity future. He'll always maintain that, that human nature. He will always represent both God and man. He is totally God and totally man. Since he partook of those same things, he was able to destroy what we suffer in this condition of flesh and blood, which is death. He himself likewise partook of the same things that through death, he might destroy the one who has the power of death. That's why he, that's why he had to become a man. He had to destroy the very thing that destroys us so that through death, he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. It's not angels that he helps. He helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect. So he's like us in every respect. That's what it says. And this not only enabled him to represent us completely, to, to die on our behalf, to give us his righteous name, it also enables him now to do this, that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So we cannot ignore this Jesus. It's been attested to by God himself, by his angels, by his prophets, by his apostles, by Jesus himself. And look at what he went through. We cannot neglect the fact that he died and rose again. We cannot neglect the fact that God raised him up and put him on his throne. We cannot ignore the significance of all these things. The, the obvious case that is made to put our full trust in Jesus and in our suffering, in our temptation, we cannot ignore the fact that Jesus is a merciful and faithful high priest who is able to help us because he himself has suffered when tempted. I would argue he went through greater tests and trials than anyone has ever lived. The kinds of tests that the devil put before him when uh, in, the, in the famous Jesus's, Jesus in the wilderness temptation. That's a whole other discussion, I guess, but we cannot ignore how great this Jesus is and how complete and sufficient and all-powerful he is. This is it. We can put our full trust in Jesus. And just like how he trusted God in his suffering and his death, we must persevere to the end and know that he will preserve us, he will protect us, 
and he has victory over it all. So grow with the growth that's from God.